Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Not So Common Podcast, the solo edition. I'm Pat Country. Uh, no guests this time out. This is going to be a shorter one for a few different reasons. Uh, one, I'm finally getting close to being 100% recovered from my bad uh, illness I had about a week and a half ago. Uh, two, I am still uh, in sort of life upheaval due to my uh, impending move, and that's been delayed for a couple of reasons. One, I am still trying to finish that NES Punk video I mentioned, but being sick put me out of commission for like five days, so I'm way behind. And plus, I had something happen sort of spur of the moment. I have uh, I had a visitor from out of town I had to spend uh, time with over the past uh, three and a half days. And I can't go into the specifics why. Next year, you'll find out potentially why that person visited and who they were. And that's all I can say at this point in time. Overall, it's positive. Uh, but, you know, things have to happen for the reason the person that came here for it to happen. I'm being very vague I, on purpose. But that's what's going on. Uh, you know, the, and plus I've been ordering stuff for the, the house. You know, plantation shutters cost a lot of money. They look great, but they're expensive. So I, I try to use my, my game haggling skills to get a percentage off. Like, I spent $2,000 on these shutters, right? Like, faux wood uh, shutters that, they look great. They almost look like real wood. They're made of, like, a composite. I'm on the phone using, like, my game haggling, you know, technique. Like, yeah, can you do a little bit better? Come on. I'm spending, like, two grand on ones. And, you know, I, I end up getting 100 bucks off. So it, 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 only, it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst thing I can say is no. So yeah, I've been spending uh, money on the place on the house, buying new lights to get rid of the ugly-ass chandeliers they have in the kitchen, for example, that are just gaudy as hell. You know, things like that, tearing down a wall between two bedrooms to make it one bedroom, which will basically be the new studio space and slash game room slash, you know, workroom, and I can stream in there. Uh, So a lot of moving pieces in my life right now that I have to sort of work out while also trying to put out content and having a a podcast that's weekly now, even though it's an alternating podcast makes it tougher. And, you know, uh, and Christmas is coming up. So I have to order a bunch of gifts, gift, gift baskets for all. That's the easiest solution in the world for your family out there. If you, if you, if you don't live close to your family, grab a Omaha steaks is always good, which is like a frozen queso beef basket or get them like a you know a wine basket. So I got I, I bought like four wine baskets. Uh, I bought I bought some stuff for the girlfriend. I, I won't announce here in case she's uh, listening. Uh, ordered some stuff, and uh, Frank, I, you know, I'll hook hook up Frank with something. I bought something for Ian as well. Don't tell him. So that's all done. So Christmas shopping's done. Of course, then I have to deal with the awfulness of of wrapping presents, and I I I, I used to be a horrific. At wrapping presents. Now I'm just plain old, you know, terrible. So I've actually gone off the chart a little bit on, on wrapping presents. Uh, as far as I know, most men that I know are not good at wrapping presents. We're not good at the, like those triangle corners. You know, I can't figure those out. Not not neat with those triangle corners. But I've gotten better. I've gotten better. But, you know, my mid-20s, I was probably horrific at, at doing that. It looked like that three-year-old was probably trying to wrap presents. Uh, yeah, so... The move's going to be fun. I'm not going to trust the movers with any of my, uh, probably, I won't trust them with most of my game collection. Uh, you know, maybe, hey, you can move that, the box of uh, 
you know, my box of 300 Atari 2600 games. Well, according to Renee from Storage Wars, that means those are worth uh, $3,000. Oh, no, they're worth like 400 bucks. those 300 games. So you can, you can move those. And no, I'm not letting that go. You probably attacked me. Uh, that fool. Anyway, so uh, so I still got to move that stuff out. I bought a bunch of those Sterilite stacking uh, containers for the NES games and for like the TurboGrafx games. They fit perfectly. Uh, yeah, I got them from Walmart, and so my place is a disaster area. And what's what's interesting though is um, when you go to sell your place, cause I have to sell my place here, my condo after I move is that you just know how awful your place is when you have, like, the interior designer come in and they have, like, the um, the, the guy who does, the, you know, re- upgrades to, to the bathroom come in and the kitchen cabinets, and they just, like, have that look on their face like they smell a skunk the whole time. Like, ooh, this place is filthy. It's going to need a good cleaning. So, yeah, I know that. I know the place that needs a cleaning. I know that. Yeah, I know that. I know the bathroom should uh, the bathroom uh, shower stall should be refinished. I know that. I know it's uh, the handle's rusty. I live here. I don't. I, you don't think I notice stuff when I'm showering, when I'm, when I'm shampooing and conditioning. I don't notice that. You know, maybe this isn't the best. The you know the best uh, shower stall. You know, but instead of upgrading that, I gotta you know I, I gotta buy a Panesian NES game. So you know I got priorities going on. So, <laughs> but the place has to be painted, and then f- freaking new fixtures. Oh man. Uh, I gotta, I gotta sell the place though. Uh, but that'll be, that'll be, a, that'll be a fun experience. Buying and selling, I guess, your house or condo is like the largest game deal you can possibly do, and because, because negotiation is the same whether you're going to the swap meet and buying a ten dollar NES game, or you're, you're, you know, you're buying a house for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. It all comes down to the same psychology of whether or not they think you're going to walk away from the deal, whether or not you know that you think they have more wiggle room. And uh, this was not the most pleasant negotiation with the people to get the house. <laughs> I'm sure they're nice people uh, when they weren't under the pressure of having to sell their house and move with their family. But it was it, it could have been cleaner. And, uh, you know, we, we, we butted heads a little bit. They thought I had more money, which I didn't. And I thought they had more, you know, they, they could have taken less because they probably had more money, which they didn't. So we both were like being stretched thin on the deal. Um, but it worked out and I got the place and eventually I'll move in there. You know, I just ordered some nice little, you know, lights for the, for the kitchen. Like I said, get rid of the ugly ass chandeliers that weren't even wired up, but that's okay. I, I got a guy helping out with that. And, um, yeah, then I'll try to get moved and then hop right into what traditionally is my favorite time of the year, you know, the Italian Christmas Eve dinner. So that'll happen right after I move. And so I can... I could get back to normalcy a little bit by stuffing my face with uh, antipasta and, uh, you know, Italian uh, Italian pastries. What, what better way to celebrate moving, right? You know, just add on 14 pounds. Uh, there has been literally some Christmas seasons because when you, when you, when you have that Italian Christmas Eve uh, meal, it's enough food for four meals, first of all. But then again, there's so many leftovers. You eat the same shit. Uh, for, and I say that lovingly because it's the best food ever. You eat the same shit for the next like six days before it runs out. You know, it's oh, we got some prosciutto left over, and uh, uh, you know, the fresh mozzarella is left over. And I know we, we just ordered eight extra cannolis and Shriadelle and you know Napoleon just because we can because it's the one time a year we can do it. And then you gain about fourteen pounds in in six days. And I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I've definitely before 
like weigh myself before Christmas Eve dinner, and then weigh myself like January third, and I've I've gone up eight pounds in like a week and a half. <laughs> like I've definitely before put on some some pastry pudge. I will uh, <laughs> say it as pastry pudge. Can I trademark that? Can I, can I have a T-shirt that says pastry pudge on it? Uh, so so that's my life. That's what it's been this year. It, it's been an interesting interesting year. Uh, and I'll have one more uh, solo podcast or a guest a couple weeks from now before the end of the year. But I think obviously buying and selling and when you move, that's all stressful events that happen. So I'm trying to stay – you have to not let it get to you. And it's it's gotten to me here and there with everything going on, um, especially since you know I can't I can't just quit putting out content on YouTube and – you know, I can't quit working on the, you know, the SNES book while I'm doing this. There's still stuff that's going on. And besides conventions that I've been to the last couple of months, I mean, I was literally, I literally went to a convention and um, was talking to the underwriter of my loan, like while I was walking to get the freaking U-Haul to move the NES books I had shipped out to the convention. And so like, I was like, this is, this is, this isn't the most pleasant time in my life, but it's necessary. It's, Change is not always easy, but it's necessary, and it's bigger and better things. And at least this time out, I'm not moving, you know, three thousand miles away. You know, I'm moving fairly close, so it's it's more in my control here. Where I'm like, all right, this is more manageable. It's going to cost me a lot less to move. It's going to be easier to move, even though my game collection is probably I don't know six times the size it was versus when I moved from Jersey to here, and that's probably being I don't conservative. It could be like eight to ten times the size, the amount of games. I mean, I remember I moved in like 2009 to come here. I didn't have close to complete NES set of games. I think I had like 600 NES games, not a lot of ones in the box. And then obviously I didn't have cl- close to a complete graphic set or anything else. Really after I came to California is when my game collection ballooned up in size, partially because of the swap meet, but also because, you know, I got a little more serious into the other systems and, you know, finish the TurboGrafx-16 set in, like, 2000. And uh, when I finished that, 2010, finished the Master System set in, like, 2011 or 2012. And then, you know, buying, oh, a bunch of Sega Saturn working design games that I don't really necessarily need in Sega CD games. But, yeah, whatever. I get a good deal on them. You know, so that's how it's evolved. And I will get to that point where I figure out that, wow, this is a lot of clutter going on. Like, it'll, it'll really smack me in the face when I move into my new place and realize, well, I, well, I have more room in, in a, the new place for this stuff. I still don't want all this laying around. So I pro- probably will thin it out at some point. Uh, that's not saying I'm going to sell my NES collection. Uh, I'm going to alarm everyone. Oh, uh, Pat Sonoff's collection. It means it's over. Dump it. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. No, it just means that maybe there's some items in the collection that I don't necessarily need. Like, do I necessarily need you know, all like whatever, I have like all but two or three NES box variants with the system. Do I need all those? Can I be happy with like four or five? Can I be happy with, you know, maybe I just, I have like a few hundred Genesis games. I'll, I know I'm never going to play 270 of those games. And it's not a system I'm in love with to begin with. So I, do I need all those? You know, go back to the, the Atari 2600 games that are worth $10 each according to Storage War uh, hacks. 
Um, do I need to have 300 Atari 2600 games? Or am I just satisfied with having, you know, maybe maybe some cool uncommon ones and maybe some like, ones like Combat, Combat, and, and ones like that. And ones I liked the, like as a kid, like Keystone Capers or uh, Adventure, you know? You keep the, the fun ones, like Yara's Revenge. So I will get to that point on some game uh, consoles. And probably for some, like, you know... Some toys that I've collected since I've been, since I've been here. You know, I've I have, I have mentioned before on the podcast about finding all, like, the G.I. Joe stuff. Like, all the card figures. And I have a ton of loose figures I've picked up. And unless I can display them, and do I want to even display them? I mean, what enjoyment am I getting having stuff in, a, in boxes, really? And that goes for a lot of other things. Like, two, having 200 boxed NES games or so in, in my garage that are sitting there. And, the, and, the, and they're not all, like, just... Dirt games. There's some good games, hard to find games that I have. That I mean, I have Kid Clown already in the box with the manual, and I also have it loose cart with the manual. Do I really need both of those? So those are, I, I guess, is it is this a midlife crisis? Am I am I middle aged considered yet? I am a little grayer, but I'm not sure that's it. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think once you move. At least for me, once I'm moving here, this is going to be not necessarily a wake-up call, but a time to reassess what's going on in terms of, uh, I guess, having all these material goods. And, and I've had this conversation before with people like uh, Andre, my buddy Andre. Like, walk, this is walking around Comic-Con and seeing people buy all the exclusive toys they have there every year. And, I, and I've done that to an extent. I bought the, like, Ninja Turtle arcade figures from a couple years ago at Comic-Con. And, I've, and I bought, like, the, um, the Transformers versus... G.I. Joe crossover exclusive and it's like yeah they're it's very cool items but at the end of the day I just ask like when when do I have enough of examples of the same exact thing like if I have a bunch of G.I. Joes that I like as a kid and, and some Transformers I picked up at the swap meet do I really need to get like every single one that I find do I need to keep buying the new ones I mean at, at some point I just have to say I think I have enough I think I have enough of, of, of this stuff. Of course, I'll buy every Muscle Man figure I come across because they're so tiny and cute. But the point is, it's a room issue. But then it's also thinking about, yeah, well, what happens in the future? And it's not like I'm thinking about what happens when I uh, have my real midlife crisis and buy my, buy my Ferrari when I'm 58. Uh, what I'm thinking about, though, is do I want to not be 60 years old and then figure out that I'm the only one who not just the one person that wants the stuff I have, but then realize for the past 25 years, I had all this extra shit in a garage sitting in boxes or a Tupperware container that I got no enjoyment out of. Maybe someone else would have gotten more enjoyment out of me owning a Serpentor, you know, 1985 or 86 GI Joe toy in the box in my garage, even though I did grow up with it and I love it at some point, maybe the nostalgia uh, craze will will will, uh, will dissipate as my mortality becomes more apparent, and I'm I'm talking as if I'm gonna die soon. Of course, we can all die soon, but uh, not that I'm planning on that. But that's sort of the conversation I'm having with myself the past couple of years. And I'm not trying to scare you. If you like the stuff you have, that's fine. That's awesome. Keep your stuff. I'm not trying to say get rid of the toys you love or the. Or, you know, the games that you love and have collected. But for me personally, I'll get to a point where I'll hit my threshold. I mean, at this point in time, 
I'm not compiling as much stuff, and that's a perfect word. I'm not compiling as much as I used to, but that's almost because I know I don't have the room for this shit anymore. It, it's, I, I can't stack my place with more shit, and that's one of the reasons I am moving because I have a you know game collection, but I need to work here as well. And it's not just because of the, uh, having too much of a game collection. It's because I'm moving. But that's a small part of it. That's like a 10% part of the decision. And having a storage unit. I do have a storage unit too. So that's that's all I'm going to say on that topic. I, that went lower than I thought. This is almost like you guys are like my, my therapist. i got to pay you for me to record this not-so-common podcast. But, you know, I, I'm going to check Twitter and see if you guys want me to discuss anything. Um, this is an interesting question at Coach... H. Gonzalez asks, have we arrived at a place where, as educators, we should be teaching a class on common sense and how to use it? Uh, Voltaire said, common sense is not so common. And what does that basically mean? That basically means, I think, is that people, there's not, there's not a um, uh, plurality of common sense being used. Or, But how do you define common sense? What, what, is, what is the actual definition of common sense? sense like what is that actually let me let me look this up so i don't know common sense good sense and sound judgment in practical matters to me common sense comes not just from having some sort of intelligence or even education about a specific matter but experience and learning from experience and that i think is more of a philosophical discussion i'm not no i don't know how how as an educator you can teach kids or impart to your high school or college students that Listen, in life you're going to you're going to mess up. That's fine. But you have to come away with a lesson from your screw up. You have to um debrief yourself in essence in your mind. You have to look inside. You have to you have to be introspective and say, "Why did I make this bad decision?" And that could be a bad business decision, bad social uh, decision, a decision in your relationship, a decision in your job. Why was I motivated to do something that was not, in the grand scheme of things, a smart move. Was did, was I maybe attempting to do something as a short-term term game, gain and didn't see medium and long-term how it could affect me? Was I not caring about someone else's feelings at the time and did something that now is potentially hurting them? It, it, this is tough to get. This is a great question that is being asked about this, and, and I appreciate the question. Uh, and you're a coach here, it looks like. So, yeah, this is a high school football coach. So the young men that you that are looking up to you as a as a mentor or a leader and and I'm Jesus you're putting a lot on me but I would say that is that you always have to not be afraid to make decisions because life is all about calculated risk but when you screw up first of all don't take it so hard if it's something that you honestly didn't see coming but the next time that similar decision comes around or a similar crossroads or choice, remember the last time it happened and don't do the same thing. What the definition of insanity is, uh, what is the definition of insanity? It's uh, doing the same thing but expecting a different result to happen. Well, there you go. To me, that's what common sense is, is just it's sound judgment but that can be rooted in experience from being in a similar situation and then building upon that experience, seeing the, the, maybe, maybe this second time you encounter this 
this um, dilemma in your life, a social dilemma or, or something happening with a friend. You have a disagreement. Remember the last time it happened. Remember how you felt. Remember your, your train of thought going into why you made that decision, good or bad. Try to put yourself in the other person's shoe, uh, shoes as well. And th- maybe, maybe that can help you figure out what were they thinking at the time? What were they looking to get out of the situation? What was their goal? What was your goal? You know, and, and I think that's the best way I can put into what common sense is. Now, if it's talking about uh, making decisions for uh, maybe political decisions, who you're going to vote for, looking at laws, obviously research goes into a lot of things, being able to decipher uh, what's reality and what's not. Uh, I mean, it even happens with, uh, you know, people I know that are very smart people. They forward me links and emails. Uh, and this isn't even going back to like all the fake, the fake uh, Facebook posts that were promoted that helped potentially uh, color people's opinion politically in 2016 that might have helped swing an election one way or the other. Uh, but I've had people forward me links saying, oh, look at this. I can't believe this. Or... This happened, and then I would look at the link and go, "Hmm, is this real?" And do some simple research on the matter, and within five ten minutes, be like, "No, I think this is this is not real. This could be a fake, maybe not fake news, but this is a fake linking getting passed around or fake fake story. I guess fake news." So, not you have to be able to doubt yourself and doubt your own judgment in action in order to really make sound decisions at time. And maybe that's what common sense is too. Not always trusting totally your intuition about something maybe you can make the wrong decision in a situation maybe you can take a breath when you're about to make a big decision and maybe seek advice from others do do more intense research especially if you are a hundred percent sure maybe you can double check on the matter because sometimes sometimes our pride gets in the way of us thinking we can even be wrong about a decision and that's the worst part of all and now I think we're, we're seeing that in the political world, uh, unfortunately, and people who have made perhaps the wrong political decision being too proud to budge on something they didn't and not being able to admit, maybe I did the wrong thing. Maybe uh, I made a mistake. Maybe I could have done something differently. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with admitting that. The only thing that is incorrect is being so strident in your past views and not being able to consider an alternative not being able to say, well, let me at least consider another viewpoint or another path or another avenue. And I think that's the best I can say right now without rambling too much. Thanks so much, uh, Coach Gonzalez, and best of luck. Uh, let's see, where, where, are you, uh, where are you a football coach here? Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas High School in, uh, was it, L.A., Louisiana? So, yeah, and uh, I'm sure you asked, just the fact that you are, asking that question you know means i think you're probably a good mentor a good teacher a good coach so good on you this is from at <laughs> this is blinky who says don't copy that floppy can you tell us any retail stories from your time at suncoast okay so i worked at suncoast motion picture company i don't know if they're any in business anymore but they used to sell vhs and dvds i was there uh working at suncoast when they first started selling dvds and i remember a time you i, I can you can when you could literally count up every DVD that existed. There was like only like 100 DVDs that existed. I remember like Fight Club being one of the first DVDs really or first popular ones with all the – or Memento where you had all these weird special features and menus. And, oh, it's like you can't do that with VHS. I remember the big selling point. <laughs> you don't you – don't, 
I, now I know I'm old and I'm dating myself. Not literally. That'd be weird. But the big selling point originally for DVDs was that you didn't have to rewind after you're done watching. That was actually a huge selling point going back to the late 90s, like 97, 98, 99. That annoyance of, of rewinding that tape, besides the better clarity of picture, besides the fact that DVDs don't degrade the image and audio quality and the, and the quality is better and the special vision. But that was a big deal back then. It was that. It was like, oh, alternate camera angles. And to this day, I, not many not many at all DVDs use like simultaneous angles to watch. I remember that was a big selling point. But anyway, Suncoast stories. What I remember is this. I remember being paid minimum wage, five oh five an hour, you know, a summer in between college semesters, and thinking that, oh, I can just, you know, just screw around because it's a dumb mall job. But no, they treated it, the idiots there treated it deadly seriously. And so they would force me to re like for example, reorganize the drama VHX VHS section. When I'd done it the day before, like make sure it's an epic order. And I know, I said, I just did it yesterday just to give you busy work. Instead of just let you sit around and watch Barney playing on the fucking TV like any person would want to do because they work at a Suncoast. It's a Suncoast, people. It's not life or death here. You know, there's no life experience from working, being worked, worked at, at, a, at a VHS uh, store. So they would screw with you. They'd take one or two. I remember they, they, they took one or two out of the sci-fi section, and they said, oh, you missed it. And it's like I'm getting paid five bucks an hour. It's like I, I gotta, I'm got i wasting that much in, in gas on my freaking stupid geoprism driving here, you know? And one time I got sent home for wearing a shirt that wasn't exactly black. It was like faded half gray. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I, mean, I, 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 I was um, not treated well. I was semi-sexually harassed. Yes, I was. It can happen to men. Uh, by a manager. This is interesting. It was the manager who was younger than me. Um, so I was, um, should I protect the innocent and the alleged, alleged sexual harassment? Alleged. Um, but yeah, she was younger at me, but she was a manager. I, she was under 18 though. So I'm not sure how legally she could have managed, like handled all the money and count it and do all that stuff. But um, yeah, she would comment on, the shirts I was wearing and they were tight and uh, she got close to me, uncomfortably close at times. And, you know, when you're, when you're 20, especially when you're a guy, you, you don't think about, it. I can be, be potentially being sexually harassed, not realize it, but she did some un- improper things. And then it's not to say I'm, it's a, it's a witch hunt against her or woe is me since this is like, you know, at this point in time, 16 years ago or whatever, but it, it wasn't pleasant, you know, then again, you know, maybe if, if I was attracted to her, who knows at the time, I would have been flattered and, you know, and I would have been okay with it. But I definitely it was not the type. <laughs> so I dealt with that. I dealt with that mild, uh, at least mild sexual harassment. And I dealt with the, the, um, the quote-unquote cool guy who'd been working at Suncoast after college who had probably been there for eight years at that time. And he was the manager. And he had his nice ride. And uh, he was commenting about how he you know he was going places working at Suncoast and working his way up to maybe regional manager and at the time I felt like I felt like asking him like or being like what is it what does a regional manager possibly make like 38 grand is that what you're you know it, I'm not saying making 38 grand is, is bad or should be disrespected but not working at Suncoast that's not 
That's that. that those two don't go together. I'll, I'll, I'd rather work. Th- and I and I and I had a job where I made thirty eight thousand dollars, almost exactly, or forty. So I'm not putting down the fact that he was only making that. But don't be so proud that you're a Suncoast manager doing that because it's well, it is what it is. And, and, and good, good, good on him though for having goals though. I get the time, but he was kind of just a jerk though. He, he kind of was, you know, he kind of swung his Suncoast dick around, you know, and and not that I was treated poorly, but it was always like, yeah, I was kind of looked down upon as as just a guy working in a store, and you know. And let's see, what else happened? A lot of shoplifting, but they didn't want any trouble. So they would say that if someone came, their policy at the time was this. It was if someone returned an item to you and didn't have a receipt, just give them a store credit. I was like, that sounds reasonable. The issue, though, was that there was times when me or another worker would see someone walk in without an item, pick an item off the shelf, and then return it. So someone returned, I think, to, I think it was a, a girl working next to me. And and um, it wasn't the one that sexually harassed me. It was the other one who would just try to screw with me with uh, reordering a couple of VHS tapes on the shelf just to mess with me. Great job, right? 505. She, um, someone came up. I saw the guy grab, like, it was like a box set. It might have been a Pokemon box set from the from the late 90s or hello kitty or something like that but something very juvenile versus this big muscular guy was probably like 38 and he goes he goes up to her i want to return this and i'm like looking at her like looking at her like well you didn't just see the guy like literally 10 feet away just take it off the shelf and so he was a pro he'd probably done this before he realized that these stores don't want any trouble they don't want to risk like calling security and getting sued because that's basically what i was told at the time so she just rung him up you know, a credit, a store credit for like probably 40, 50 bucks at the time. And the guy left with it. And afterwards, I was like, I think I saw him take it off the shelf. Said, well, no, 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 we don't want to worry about that. You know, it's just like, oh, my God. Working in retail sucks. I don't see how Ian puts up with it or has put up for over 10 years. I, I worked in retail for a very small amount of time. And I, I knew it was terrible. Um, so besides that, yeah, it was just awful working at Suncoast. And then they try to, it was like, I guess the equivalent of, of working at a Funkland or GameStop at the time was pushing the rewards card, which wasn't free. It cost like five bucks, but they would yell at you if you didn't push it for, I mean, for every single customer. And you'd get like 20% of people would sign up for it because it'd be like, oh, if you sign up for only five bucks today, you'll save whatever, 10% off your videos. And that's almost the five bucks. So you get some people to do it. It was just annoying. But well, the issue was, was they were promoting it. I didn't get a cut of that. I wasn't getting any any percentage of uh, of store sales of of of, of uh, Suncoast motion picture reward card. I wasn't getting any profit sharing from that from that franchise. So the people that were yelling at you to do that probably were. They probably got a bonus based upon the amount of money you hit over a certain amount that corporate set. So just just that sort of bullshit. Uh, I didn't like at this store. And plus, you know, working awful hours, but in any retail, you're going to be working awful hours. But, you know, I would, I would be at least every, every Friday or Saturday, I was working till closing, which at the mall was, uh, I think 9 PM or 9:30, which meant I wasn't getting home until 10. So, you know, I still hung out with my, I had a lot more energy when I was 2021. 20, I still hung out with my friends. I, I go to TGI Fridays and, you know, stuff my face with like uh, mozzarella sticks and a, and an Oreo madness, but it just, at the time was just unfortunate, uh, that I had that job, but I was too, you know, I should have, I, you know what I should have done? I should have, I should have worked at a 
GameStop, or at the time it was still Funkland. I should have did that. I should have worked at a Funkland, and you know, I could have I could have got stay events for twenty nine cents at the time. Um, well, anything else from Sun from Suncoast? Uh, I think I hit all the major points. Oh, so then I quit because I was going back to school. Obviously, I quit. I quit. I think I quit like a week early. Fuck them. Who cares? Five or five an hour. You don't need two weeks notice. Eat me. They had the balls though to um, they had the balls to try to call me after all that. After the mild sexual harassment, after being treated like garbage, given busy work when I should have been able to hang out and relax for the most part. After all that, they had the balls remember to call me during my. My winter holiday break and ask, hey, you want to come in and get some hours and, and work? I could not hang up the phone fast enough. They're lucky I didn't curse them out on the phone. They're they're absolutely <laughs> lucky I didn't do that. So there you go. All right. Um, let's see. Anything else? The Patreon fee change that was rever- reversed. I think me and Ian are probably going to go over that in the future. Net neutrality. I don't know if you covered before. Okay. Here's all you need to know about net neutrality. Here's all you need to know. I'm going to sum this up quickly. If you are pro net neutrality, if you are pro net neutrality, basically what you're saying to me is that, and I agree, and I agree, you are fine with the status quo with how the internet's operated. You are fine with the development. We've had uh, companies at their own pace and and ISPs and cable companies creating faster internet and Google creating uh, you know, laying down Google Fiber everywhere. You're satisfied, and you and you like the fact that the cable companies and, and like Verizon and shitty Comcast can't pick and choose how quickly they they deliver certain websites and bandwidth for Netflix, and they can't put a clamp on that. You're 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 fine with it being how it is, and you are fearful of a change that could empower ISPs and cable companies to then alter how it currently works. And I agree with you. So it's hard for me to see people who are anti-net neutrality to come up with a reasonable argument that, that will say, like, what are you not satisfied with currently with how the Internet is? What are you not satisfied with, with how it's serviced? Like, what is wrong with it right now? Has, 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 speed, has there not been innovation that you don't like? Do you think it can be improved at a quicker pace? Because let me tell you this. I, I, I've been... I've been using ISP since like 95 going back to MS when MSN had their Microsoft network. We had AOL for a short time. We had local ones. And I'll say this in the past five, 10, 15 years, I've seen just from competition alone, the internet speeds being provided me. And there's like three or four different services I can get. They've, they've jumped up. I have a hundred megabytes down right now and like 20 up. Um, That is great. That's, Fine, I can stream HD Netflix through Wi-Fi, fine. So being against net neutrality won't, I don't think, I don't see how it can be better to this point if it didn't exist. I just see all the potential for it to be abused by the ISPs and Comcast and, 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 and AT&T potentially and Verizon and whoever, and whoever provides you with that. I, I can see them saying, them deciding, well, we think this website's doing potential illegal activities. Oh no, by the way, it's using bandwidth. Bandwidth. So we're gonna we're not gonna shut that website down. We're just gonna throttle it to hell. We're just or we're gonna throttle Netflix to hell, and we won't pass the savings on to you. 
the consumer, because we're the good guys, but we're then going to go to Netflix and say, guess what, assholes? If you want people to be satisfied with your service, you're going to have to pay out to us. So then Netflix on it, you will have to say, all right. And Netflix will come out and say, they'll say, we're getting, we're getting spanked by the cable companies. So now instead of it being uh, 12 bucks a month, it's 20 bucks a month. Facebook, YouTube could potentially be, you know, blackmailed by internet service providers if you get rid of net neutrality. Porn sites, Pornhub could be throttled. It'll be at the whim of who's ever giving you the internet service to say, these particular websites we can control the speed of. Why in God's name would anyone want that? If you, unless you have stock in Verizon or stock in AT&T or stock in Comcast or stock in Cablevision. I mean, for example, uh, when I grew up, like, the, the, when I look at these issues, whether it's statutes in, that come up for a ballot in San Diego every couple of years, I look at, you know what I look like? Look at who is the proponent for and against these issues. So when I see directly that the biggest proponents for wiping out net neutrality are the ISPs and cable companies, why would I be in favor of that when they had done nothing but fuck consumers over for the past 30 years? Growing up in New Jersey... In most of New Jersey, due to lobbying directly from the cable companies, if you lived in a certain municipality, you either had the choice of, say, Cablevision, or you had Comcast. There was no competition, at least when I was growing up. You had no choice what cable company, because you had controlled monopolies from the cable companies. These are the same people that want to wipe out net neutrality. And you're going to trust that? You're going to trust them to not to not take advantage of it. Really? You're naive if you think that. If those you're naive if you think that they won't take advantage of that. This isn't capitalism at this point. Internet is almost to me it's a inf- informative sort of an informative uh, resource and a utility. So, say for example, uh, and trust me, and the utility companies aren't that much better, but the utility companies say they decided uh, next month, yeah, you know what, fuck it. Uh, we don't like these certain businesses. We're going to charge them 50 times the amount of water as the next person next door because we don't like them. That's basically what you're doing by getting rid of net neutrality. You're basically at the whim of a company saying, all right, well, fuck it. We can just... Uh, Throttle the internet for these sites and for that, and we can just pick and choose. Say there's a business we don't like. Say we're say we're say we're um say say for example, I don't know, the New York Mets have a, a cable channel. Excuse me, they have a cable network and they have an internet website. What if they get in dispute over the cable rights and the amount amount uh, being paid out to be on you know Comcast, for example? So Comcast could say, oh, you know, oh maybe maybe we just throttle your website because we can do it. We have the ability to do that. Maybe the ability to have your cable, you know, even over because it's it's bandwidth either way. Maybe your your Mets network. Uh, maybe we don't show it in 1080i or 1080p. Maybe we show it only 720. What the fuck are you gonna do about it? There's, I mean, there's a lot of wacky shit that can happen by getting rid of net neutrality. 
a lot of wacky shit that it's just a Pandora's box. And so even the small pros of, well, there could be innovation, faster internet. There's a hell of a lot more cons that outweigh the pros of getting rid of net neutrality. Because I'm happy with the way internet is right now. You know, I don't want individual companies to be held over a barrel. Because again, if YouTube's held over a barrel by the ISPs, they're, you know, they're not because Google's not just going to pay out of their pocket and be okay. They're going to pass it along to us. So then there will be a paid gateway for web. Like, that's a real possibility. That's not just yelling, you know, yelling in the sky at clouds and saying, oh, the world's going to end. That's a distinct possibility if it could be taken advantage of and certain businesses control it, they can do that. And like I said, cable companies and ISPs don't have the best track record in the past. I mean, there's a reason why Slingbox and YouTube TV and all these alternatives to cable uh, are popping up. There's a fucking reason why people are unplugging because for so long, people asked for a la carte cable and it was always a possibility. There was no reason why in the 90s they couldn't allow people to say, you know what, I'm going to be able to choose what channels I want instead of having only three or four awful plans. Give me these 20 uh, channels and I'll pay 40 bucks a month instead of forced to be giving 68 channels uh, I don't want and I'm paying 120. This was stuff that they tried to get, I remember, on the ballot in New Jersey. I remember in the late 90s they were trying to do that, trying to push for that. To give, to give consumers more options. And because, and because New Jersey could be corrupt at times, and because, again, you had lobbying, and, again, you had in, individual uh, cable companies in control of certain regions, it was insane. It was literally like, okay, you move to this town. Okay, you got Comcast. You move to that town, you get Cablevision. And that was it. Of course, this is before DirecTV and all that got more popular. But there was a time where, yeah, there was only one game in town, and you were stuck for cable TV. Awful. The good news is this, uh, and, I'm, and net neutrality uh, has been, re- it's not good news that it got repealed through the FCC by a five-person panel, three or two. It still has to go through Congress, and there's, there's going to be legal battles, and this is not over. This is just the beginning uh, for this. But there should be a law put through uh, the Senate and the House to make sure that net neutrality stays. So that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, I, I just don't, I don't see any reasonable argument Unless uh, to get rid of it, unless you are, unless you think you can profit from it in some way by charging other companies for using more bandwidth or more websites, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. All right, uh, let's see what's going. What's going on? This is from at Tech Sauce. As a fellow Italian American, I'd be interested to know your family's traditions, mostly food related. Did your grandmother also serve dinner at two in the afternoon? Yeah, supper on Sundays when grandma would make. Uh, Meat sauce or gravy, as we call it, and meatballs and sausage and, bro- and brajol. Now I'm fucking hungry. Great. I, I forget if it was two or three, but it was definitely somewhere in that region that you we. It was it was it wasn't every Sunday, but it was a, like at least once or twice a month we go over. I miss you, Grandma. You made some good uh, good uh, meatballs with uh, pignoli nuts or pine nuts, and uh, she she made nice just a perfect amount of sugar in the sauce. It was great. Uh da da da. da. Let's see. Is Thanksgiving dying with so many stores open on Thanksgiving Day this year? Uh, at Niamla. Karen is working on the superintendent book. Is Thanksgiving dying? No, because there, there's always going to be people, I think, that will refuse to shop on Thanksgiving. Because either they figure it's not worth my time, I, want, I should want to enjoy my Thanksgiving dinner, or have a nice 
turkey nap a- afterwards. Um, so I don't think Thanksgiving's dying. I, I mean, there's always people that think they're thinking, they think it's going to be worth not spending time with their family to get a deal on, on presents. Sure. If corporations think they want to screw over their com- employees uh, by starting on Thursday instead of Friday, that's unfortunate. That's up to, you know, and I'm looking at these, these poor GameStop employees, they don't want to be there on Thanksgiving, but they don't have a choice. So it's unfortunate, and that's capitalism. I'm not saying you should ban stores being able to open up on Thanksgiving. That would be a little too far. But, you know, I, this didn't exist a generation ago, that's for sure. I never heard of of uh, this happening. The, the, the worst you got was stores opening. You had midnight madness sales for Black Friday starting Thanksgiving at midnight. That was the worst you got, or 11 p.m. You, you never got stores open at 12 p.m. or 4 p.m. on uh, Thanksgiving. Never saw that in the 80s and 90s, at least, at least, at least what I remember uh, about that. Let's see. Uh, yes, that's what's going on in my life right now. Uh, <laughs> a lot of good questions, though. Uh, Jericho sneak attacking uh, Omega. That's going to be cool. New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom. January 4th, my pal Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Nice old school uh, wrestling angle. Blood and just beating each other up and just a blood feud. It's going to be great. Uh, going to be fantastic. Let's see. What else? Any other questions on here? How does Pat feel about cats? I grew up with cats. I love cats. I had uh, one cat, then I had brother cats, and uh, after I move, I- I'd like to get a cat at some point. Uh, my girlfriend does have a cat that he's a rambunctious little bastard. He-, he chews my sandals. I think he has a foot fetish, but he's nice. He's a nice, nice tabby kitty, and I-, I love cats. I don't trust people that don't like cats. I always see people that that say something like, "Oh." Um, uh, I'm a dog or cat person. That's fine. You can you could be in favor of a dog or cat, but the, but when you start saying I hate cats, I don't trust you as an individual. <laughs> I don't trust you because <laughs> cats are fucking awesome, and, and they rule the internet too. Uh, <laughs> you always mention the job you quit because you hate it, but I don't think you went everyone the detail on it. Maybe I miss it. No, I didn't. Maybe for my autobiography, my the last job I quit, the one I quit five years ago. I'll get into that. But that was a more you now more corporate traditional corporate job working in a cubicle, uh, and that's all I'll say about it at this point in time. Disney buying Fox, well, monopoly when it comes to entertainment. Uh, I'll go over that with Ian on the uh, on the CU podcast, and I think that's more of a play at uh, Fox had a thirty three percent stake in Hulu. I think there's a lot that has to do with that because Disney was rumored to create their own streaming service, and now they have one already built up that they can take over. I think that's a big part of it. Besides getting, you don't pay, you don't pay, you don't pay fifty fifty billion dollars just for Fantastic Four and X Men. That's not exactly worth it. But you do it though in order to expand internationally uh, and, and and take over a bunch of networks overseas, and also for something like Hulu. Oh, the, oh, you definitely do that. Then um, you lost me at common sense. Not so common. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Anyway, so that's what's going on. I, I appreciate it. I don't know if I rambled too much here uh, on this podcast. Before I go, let me tell you about That's It Bites. They're the dark chocolate fruit truffles. They're the same makers of the fruit bars and veggie bars that me and Ian talk about all the time. They're delicious. They're absolutely delicious. With the holidays coming, you can give the gift of healthy snacking with That's It gift boxes as well. They come in a variety of sizes and will be perfect for the health-conscious friends and family in your life. From Whole30 to Paleo, That's It has a bar for you. Make sure you check out at That's It on Twitter and Instagram for giveaways running all December 
long. Yeah. Uh, there, so go to That's It and go to That's It fruit.com enter code not common to save 10 percent on any order today whether it's the fruit bars the veggie bars the awesome chocolate bites that are they are certifi- certifiably delicious and they're actually a little bit healthy because it's all natural ingredients the only ingredients is like if it's apple and a mango the only the greens are the greens are apple mango and dark chocolate organic dark chocolate that's it you get a package of about five big ass truffles it's a full, full at least, I think it's one or two servings of fruit because it's apple and then you get the mango and it's all, it's basically like the version of, it's basically like eating the fruit bar, but it's it's compacted in a ball and you get awesome dark chocolate on the outside. So yeah, I love them. They're, it's always, it's uh, no preservative, around 150 calories in a serving, only gluten-free, non-GMO, low fat, no soy, vegan, certified paleo friendly. Uh, yeah, it's two full servings of fruit. I should look at my copy more often. <laughs> so every day you can have one and get a nice indulgent treat and get your two full servings of fruit at the same time. They're also available at CVS. Again, go to thatsitfruit.com. Enter code not common when checking out and you'll save 10% off your order. Yeah, speaking of that's it, that's it for this edition of the Not So Common Podcast. Uh, subscribe if you haven't. Even though you're listening to this, you might be watching on YouTube. There's an audio version on uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you use to listen to it. You can subscribe to the podcast. You also can rate the podcast, leave a comment, and spread the word on social media. Let others know how much you enjoy my rambling. You can also, you know, if you want to, you can try to advertise with me. You can uh, email uh, not so common at thepunkeffect.com if you're interested in advertising on the podcast. I also have a Patreon account. Uh, which is for this podcast and Pat the NES Punk as well. And you can uh, check out that at patreon.com slash patcountry. That's it. I hope you guys have a happy holiday season, a Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah if you celebrate either, happy Kwanzaa if you celebrate. Or, you know, I, I talk to people that, that don't necessarily celebrate uh, Christmas, but they'll go on a holiday, you know, they'll go on a vacation for it. But, so they're celebrating life in their own way. Happy Life Day if we're talking about the, the, the Star Wars uh, Christmas special. Uh, that's a bad one. But uh, yeah, make sure you enjoy it with friends and family. Gifts, Giving gifts is always better than receiving, I always say. So kids out there, remember, Santa doesn't always bring what you want. So make others feel good by giving them what they want. And be a good person to each other. That's always you know, a good, good thing to do. Be a good person. Go out and be a good person and don't Make sure, make sure you don't vote in an alleged child molester into uh, uh, <laughs> into the Senate. <laughs> Good on you, Alabama. You probably made the right choice there. You probably you probably made the right choice. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why how I go from a, a nice holiday message of talking about an alleged pedophile and child molester, but I just did. So we'll just wipe that clean and forget I said that. All right, guys. I'll see you uh, later on. The next time you hear this. It most likely will either be in my new residence or I'll be recording at my local library because I won't have internet yet and that'll be really awkward. All right, take care, everyone.